two, one, let's go. It's time to dad up. Welcome to the dad up podcast, the podcast for dads about dads being dads. Get ready for exciting guests talking about their experiences of parenting, the good and the not so good. Bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode and let's get started. Here is your host, Brian Ward. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm super excited for the guests that I have on. You know, it's been a long time in the making, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that this individual has agreed to uh, to uh, share his dad experience. And I have Ken Shamrock on the phone with me. And uh, Ken is, uh, you know, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. And I'd love for him, first of all, let me just say this. Ken, welcome to the show, brother. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. You know, for my listeners who may not know who you are, um, let's just run through a little back history about Ken, because uh, I don't know much about your back history, but uh, I'd love to know, and I'd love my listeners to hear just a little bit more about you. And then also, obviously, this is a dad podcast, so I'll, I'll get to know uh, your kids as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I uh, I was born in Georgia. Um, I was born in a very uh, bad situation where uh, my biological mother um, had three children. We were all a year apart. Um, my biological dad was, wasn't around. Um, so she was raising, uh, three of us at a very young age and she was trying to find work wherever she could. Some places, not in the best places. We were left home a lot at a very, young, like five, six, seven years old. We were left home alone. Sometimes they would have babysitters watching us and then they would end up running off and not staying. And, so we were we were left there quite a bit. Got into a lot of trouble. Uh, young age, you know, it was during that time. You're talking sixty nine and seventy. Uh, you know, there was a lot of that stuff when it was racial tension, um, and we predominantly lived in an African American neighborhood. So there was constant fighting because we were, you know, five, six, seven years old, and kids didn't realize what was going on, but they could see the parents and and the way that people were reacting towards one another. And so that just seemed to be the natural thing to do. And so it was very, very, uh, very uh, high tense, a lot of violence. And uh, wasn't a lot of people there that, um, at least for us, that were there watching us or guiding us. So we tended to drift in the wrong direction. <clears throat> My mom met somebody in the military um, and he was from California, uh, ended up you know, jumping in a car. Uh, drove to California, which is about 3,600 miles. Um, and we were coming from this, this this area we grew up in, which was predominantly very violent. And we, hadn't, we weren't raised into a military-type structure, uh, which didn't bode well. And uh, at that time, when we moved, I believe I was seven or eight years old. And uh, so when we got to this, this the California area, which was middle class, we didn't fit in there either because we were so used to what we were growing up in that this other place we were at, we talked differently. We walked differently. We, we definitely dressed differently. And that caused a lot of reaction uh, from other people because now it was predominantly white. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't feel like we fit in there either. So we were constantly fighting 
uh, got in trouble. By the time I was 10 years old, I had strong arm robbery. Um, I had gotten stabbed uh, and ended up in the hospital. I got then uh, taken in by the ward of the court, which means that I was taken out of my home and I was put in, a, in front of a judge and the judge and the probation officer then became my parents. They mm. put me into homes, group homes, several group homes, which I had run away from. I didn't like them. Ended up uh, in the Shamrock Boys Home. Uh, was my last chance before going to California Youth Authority, which was a kid's prison. <clears throat> my last chance was the Shamrock Boys Home. Um, I got there. The home was much different uh, than other homes because Bob Shamrock ran the home. Most places had house parents. They would be on for eight-hour shifts, and a new, new set of parents would come in. Um, the houses were dirty. They were filthy. Um, they weren't ever cleaned right. Um, but when I went to the Shamrock Boys Home, it was a mansion. And Bob Shamrock owned the home. And my mom, well, now my mom, Dee Dee, um, they raised the kids as their own. And we, everything was clean. It was immaculate. It was upper class. Um, and it, it, was, it was definitely different. And the big difference was that Bob Shamrock and, and, and my mom, Dee Dee, <clears throat> would take each kid and work on them as their individual problems and help them. Uh, vent their frustrations into things that were positive. For instance, I was violent and outward with my aggression. I wasn't a verbal person. I wasn't articulate. I was aggressive. So they put me into sports. And of course, I excelled. Um, other kids uh, that could draw well, um, they were able to draw violent pictures and bloodshed and violent um, drawings to be able to vent their frustration, but then also led them into actually being more constructive with maybe leading them more towards, you know, in the construction business or, you know, building and, and drawing uh, diagrams to help build buildings. And so uh, there was always that structure at the Shamrock Boys Home that helped kids each individually find out what their their gifts are and then excel in those gifts rather than looking at them as a issue or a problem. For me, mine was violence. And you could easily look at that and go, that was bad. That was violent. And you need to put them on Ritalin and put them in a hospital and teach them how to not do that. Instead, they said, it's not going away. That's in his DNA. So let's put him into something that will help him feel like he's a part of society and that he's not constantly running from the law. So they put me in football and wrestling. And I was able to excel and become very important to those teams. And so that helped me in life moving on to um, becoming a professional fighter, going to college, getting good grades, um, excelling over in Japan, excelling in the UFC um, and becoming world champions wherever I went, because somebody had told me uh, and showed me what it, I needed to do to be important and to be a working part in society. And so I was able to become something uh, important in life. And I also, um, when I had gotten married and had my kids, um, learned also that I never wanted my kids to go through that again. I didn't want them to ever have to go through what I had to go through. And therefore, um, I knew all the things that happened to me all the things that were bad, all the things that caused me to be who I was. And I made sure that I didn't do those same things to my children. Mm. 
That's awesome. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, uh, you know, in all the experiences that you went through and we'll get into your kids, but through all the experiences that you went through as, as a young man, um, what, what, what kind of lessons did you take from those, that those experiences that has led you to who you are today? Well, if I go back to my, my, uh, my gifts were, which was athletic and aggressiveness, um, you know, I think that what I was able to do was to be able to understand how the world works through sports. And, and the way I did that was like, I understood the only way I could be successful in sports was being able to stay within the rules. Because if I didn't stay within the rules, then I probably would be losing. Uh, for, in football, I would cost my team a win or in wrestling, I would cost myself a loss because I was breaking the, the rules and costing us penalties. And my father helped me relate that to life. And he said that you can achieve whatever you want to achieve and be as aggressive and as, uh, as violent as you want to be, as long as you stay within those rules. And so I was able to equate sports and, and rule settings into life, knowing what those rules, whatever I was doing in life, staying within those boundaries so that I wouldn't cost myself or my family members problems. I would also say that uh, some of the biggest things I learned from uh, my dad, um, who uh, went in the group home, showed me what it was to to love, to to be kind mm. to people, to respect people, and even though you may not like them, um, is to they everybody has their thoughts and opinions, and that if you take those away from them, then what's to stop somebody from taking those away from you? So you have to be fair and understand everybody has their own thoughts and you have to appreciate that. Also, too, I, would, I was never hugged from the time I was born till I was 13 years old. I never, ever had been hugged or, or told I love you. And so he showed me at very slow because it took about a year for me to to allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but when it did, I, I understood that 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 was an important part of life to allow people to love you and allow yourself to love other people. And then the forgiveness part of that too, is that people are not always going to be, even people that love you are not always going to um, make you feel good or to do something that might hurt you, but not on purpose. And that you have to learn how to forgive and you have to learn how to move past that by verbal communication. And so I learned that also through that time was, understanding what love was and love wasn't being perfect. Love was being open and then having communication and knowing that it wasn't always going to feel good, but you had to move past it. And in order to be able to have a relationship, you have to be able to forgive and move on. And so there was a lot of stuff that I learned after um, even having my, my own relationships, things that I had to learn uh, growing up. And I think the biggest thing was, was really understanding that being in a relationship um, is not always going to be comfortable um, because there are going to be growing pains. There are going to be changes. There are going to be things that maybe you rub you wrong at times or things that may be done that uh, weren't done on purpose that um, made you mad or that maybe they didn't think about it uh, or even that you may have done. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I think that there's a lot, the only way that you fix that is through communication and have an understanding of what each person was thinking. Mm. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, you're talking about love and respect and forgiveness. Those are all important key factors as, as for us as parents and to teach our kids. Um, now, how many kids do you have, Ken? Seven. Wow. Seven. Sixteen, seven. Grand, 16 grandbabies and one on the way. Wow. Well, congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so what are the ages ranging from high to low of your kids? Yeah, 37, 34, 33 um so is it 29 and uh 29 25 no 27 29 27 and 25 wow holy cow 16 grandkids that's very cool yes don't ask me don't ask me to go ages there (laughs) that's awesome well you know kind of uh going through all these experiences you went through do you still keep in touch are you still in touch with uh, bob and dd because they were kind of your like adopted parents right yeah they're 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 my parents they they raised me um so they're my parents and my my father passed away about eight years ago eight or nine years ago um, but, uh, my mom lives in Modesto, um, and I have a relationship, um, a, a, in fact is, um, I'm going to be seeing her in a week or two. So, um, I travel up, my son, uh, lives in Modesto. They're coming up today, actually driving up today. Um, so I have a very, very close relationship with all my kids. I visit with them all the time. They come to visit us. Um, it was very important to me that and and i think the reason why i have that relationship with them was that whenever i would see them i gave them a hug right i know when i was growing up and going through those different times that it was that was that was missing like i didn't have a connection and then mm-hmm. learning that through bob shamrock and my mom Didi growing up that it that was a way for instead of shaking hands or you know, stuff like that it was a way of showing um, the importance to you of what they mean to you and that it doesn't go unnoticed when you do that in a constant in constantly. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Very good point. Well, um, I'm sorry to hear about, about your dad, uh, but it's so awesome that you still have a great relationship with your mom. It's very cool. Um, now through all these lessons that, you know, kind of, kind of the experiences that you went through kind of growing up, what, what, how important was it to you to teach these lessons to your own kids? Yeah, you know, um, it's, I want to make sure I word this right, because it's, I think it's very important for you to, to make sure that you let your kids grow up mm-hmm. uh, and that you don't control their character, their personalities, their thought processes. And I think when, and not on purpose, but I think a lot of parents think that they have to micromanage or, or that they have to, you know, make them think or, or do the same things that they do. And I think that being a parent is allowing them to kind of grow, uh, putting some boundaries in that, that they have to have in order for them to learn respect, learn how to appreciate other people. But at the same time, be able to speak their minds, be able to talk, be able to say mm-hmm. things that are on their mind and not be afraid. Um, and it's a balance. It's a really, really tricky balance because you want them, you don't want them to be disrespectful. Um, right. But at the same time, you also got to let them at times be disrespectful in order to teach them what that is. Um, sometimes you see a, 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 some parents that 
will scream at them or or get angry with them because they're disrespectful. And what they're doing is reinforcing their disrespect because they're turning around and doing the same thing. Right. Instead of when they're doing that is to sit them down, look them eye to eye and said, that's not how you do it. If you've right. got an issue or a problem, you talk to me. So it's, it, it is, I think it's something that's lost. The communication uh, that you have with kids is lost because parents don't think that they can communicate in an adult fashion to their kids. They feel like they're in control. They're the parent, they're the boss. You listen to me because I told you so. Instead of treating them like a young child and teaching them how to communicate by you communicating with them in a very uh, loving and kind way, but teaching them what is right and wrong. Mm. And your and your kids picked up on that, right? I mean, you you had that relationship with your kids growing up, and, and I'm sure that the uh, the lessons that you taught them and the way that you respected them as they respected you um, probably carried on into now your grandkids. I mean, 16 grandkids. I'm sure that that they've taken the lessons that you taught your own kids and and kind of teaching it to their kids. Correct. Well, it's difficult in today's world. You know, obviously they get spouses that haven't right. been brought up the same way. Um, so it, 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 it's a balance, right? So there are some situations in, in my family where, where, you know, they kind of let the kids run wild a little bit. Um, yeah. but, but at the same time, I respect and love my, my family enough to allow them to do what they think is right. Um, as long as it doesn't overstep the boundaries of disrespecting me or my wife. Right. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Um, now, let me ask you this. What if if I were to ask you that this, this may be a difficult question, it might be an easy one. What what does fatherhood mean to Ken? What does fatherhood mean to you? I think it's freedom. And I think it's um, um, being uh, having the opportunity to be remembered, you know, be, be, be remembered, uh, you know, because we're not all going to be here. And so you, you get an opportunity to, to have kids and, and raise them and love them. And, and hopefully that they're going to go on and, and do great things. And, um, you know, for me, it's just, and again, it was special to me. You got to remember where I came from. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't have a family, you know, I had an adopted family that I, that I got and it was great. And then I had, 18 brothers and different people coming in all the time. And now I was able to be a father and start my own family. And to me, that was a, a, a way of freedom for me and a peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Just knowing, uh, you know, from based on your, our own personal experiences and, and how we raise our kids may be the same and it may be different. A lot of times it's different, right? I mean, for me, you know, my parents were around but they worked so hard. They worked so many hours that they could, they couldn't really be, they couldn't really be uh, as present as I would have liked to them, uh, liked for them to be. And, uh, you know, I have two boys, they're 22 and 19. And I just knew when I was a younger kid, you know, playing sports in high school and stuff, I just knew that when I became a dad, I wanted to make sure that I was, I was active and present in everything that my boys uh, did just because I knew that from where I came from, my parents not being, super active in what I did. I knew that that, you know, it didn't sit right with me as a kid. I can still, you know, think, think to this day that, you know, I can, I can picture playing on a, on a, in a game or a sport of some activity and 
looking up in the stands and not seeing my parents there. Not no fault of theirs. They just couldn't, they had to work. Um, but I just knew I wasn't going to be that way as a dad. And it seems like that's kind of the, kind of the way that you carried your life as a dad, you knew where you you came from and you knew the experiences that you were lacking from the parent, uh, from your parents' love that you knew that uh, you wanted to be just the opposite with your own kids. So that's, that's awesome. Um, now talk a little bit about, uh, you know, where you are today. Cause I know you were just inducted into the hall of fame, right? Um, so, uh, share with my listeners a little bit about, you know, what's going on with you today and, and, uh, the accomplishments that you have had over the last few years. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I've been inducted into three different hall of fames and I'm sure I've got, um, one more and possibly two more. So I'll be in quite a few Hall of Fames, which is awesome because you know that your accomplishments uh, that you have done in my my job, my career, uh, has meant something. Um, and I was one of the best, and 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 that was my mindset. I didn't go in there to be second fiddle or to just do it just to do it. I wanted to be the best, and I and I think I accomplished that. Also, too, now with being where I'm at now, I've got uh, a great relationship with my my grandkids. Um, uh, I got a great relationship with my kids. I have a great wife, um, a good, strong home, um, built a great foundation. Um, and uh, now I get a chance uh, because I was in the ring and fighting and making money and doing what I was doing. I have now trans- transferred myself into a different position of being a promoter, which is now I own my own promotion. Um, it's called ValorBK.com. Um, where it's a fight promotion. And now instead of being in the ring, now I'm outside the ring on the business side, building a venture that I can now build to be a, a, a big um, moneymaker. And my mindset now isn't what I'm making for me personally, but more what I can do for my kids and my grandkids, what I can leave behind. Mm. Yeah. I love that legacy, right? It's all about legacy. I talk about it a lot, a lot on my show about building our legacy in our home, not outside our home. And uh, it seems that you're doing that. You're trying to plant this legacy where your, your, your kids will be set. And uh, you know, I do have a question. Are they involved in any way? Do you have them kind of helping out or being active members or roles that having active roles in your company? Yeah, actually they're, they're involved in several different ways. They're involved uh, with uh being, you know, actually set in the actual um, fight surface that we have. Uh, I've got one of them that, uh, uh, because we're setting up to go public, uh, that is setting aside a money to invest into the promotion. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it really is kind of like a family business. And um, obviously, you know, they're looking at the same thing, too, where their kids are real young right now, but they're also looking at planning for, for their kids too, college and, mm-hmm. and, and their, their kids, our great grandkids. So it, it, it's fun, right? Because we're, we're building this business, but in a sense um, they're building it too for their future. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, cool. Listen, Ken, let me ask you this. If my listeners wanted to look you up, learn a little bit more about you, um, what, what's the best place for them to do that? And then uh, what do you got going on right now that you're looking forward to? 
Yeah, right now, if people want to go on, they can go to kenshamrock.com. It's got all my social media platforms on there. Keep them up to date. And again, if, if, if you're a fight fan, you can go to valorbk.com and check out what we've got going on. We're going to make a big announcement pretty soon for our next fight. So that's that's exciting. Um, but uh, yeah, so mm, that's, I guess, that kind of it. Yeah. Well, very cool. I'll make sure I put those tags in the, uh, in the publish when it, when it goes out. Um, but listen, Ken, I appreciate you uh, taking the time brother out of your day uh, to uh, chat with me a little bit, not only about your past experiences and things that you've not only been through, but also the things that you've accomplished. And I appreciate the dad and now granddad that you are and the things that you represent as a father and a grandfather. Uh, you certainly represent the data community very well. And so I, I just appreciate our friendship and looking forward to uh, staying in touch with you, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Dad Up Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next weekly episode. While you're at it, leave a rating and review. And if you know someone this show can help, be sure to share it with them. Want to learn more? Check out the website at daduptribe.com or leave Brian a message on Instagram at daduppodcast.com.